You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today, what we're talking about, UK football taking on UT Martin uh, for the game to become bowl eligible on Saturday. We'll get into a little bit of UK basketball. We heard from Joel Justice on Thursday. And, and then the Lynn Bowden video that is that I don't remember ever seeing before, and now it's out there and it has blown up on Twitter. We'll talk about that in our final segment. So Kyle, uh, I think we should, you should, let everyone know since you put it out there publicly on Twitter and then we talked about it yesterday on the show. How is your wife doing? She's good. She's uh, drugged up and zonked out right now, but uh, recover- <laughs> recovering light- nicely here in Kansas City. Uh, but uh, yeah, she had a successful successful procedure this morning. We actually had to be at the hospital at 6 a.m., so that was not fun. Nice. But yeah. uh, And the way it goes, you get there at 6 a.m. and then you wait several hours mm-hmm. uh, for anything to actually happen. But uh, yep, she's doing great. Um, hope, hoping this was this the seventh surgery of 2019 will... Uh, be the last one of 2019 and uh, we won't have any more in 2020 well i'm glad to hear it i got um uh, multiple texts today from uh, people saying uh, hey enjoyed the podcast what's wrong with kyle's wife <laughs> 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 so none yet no I'm just uh, right <laughs> no you know people are you know, get concerned so no, that, people that's have good been news. great people people were very supportive and have been all through the process so i appreciate that everybody that's listening everybody that's uh reached out. I appreciate that. All right. That's outstanding. All right. Let's start with football. Uh, of course, Kentucky takes on UT Martin Saturday at three 30 and, um, it should be, well, I haven't looked up the spread, but it, it should be fairly, I'm going to look that up right now what the spread is, but I, I would guess, what would your guess be on the spread before? Do you uh, know it? I'm going to, no, I haven't looked. Uh, okay. I'm going to say 35. Okay, I'll I'll go with like, I'll I'll go with, I'll go twenty five. I'll say the spread is twenty five. Um, I mean Kentucky won at Vanderbilt thirty eight to fourteen. Oh, there's uh, so, no line on it because it's a. Is there not? Because it's an FCS that, opponent. Yeah, but I thought they had started doing that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't gamble enough. I don't hardly gamble at all. But I, I thought, thought they, they put lines out there too for those. At least on the one I'm looking at, the uh, I always go to Vegas Insider. Um, uh, my site that I go to is called ScoresAndOdds.com, and um, yeah, there is no line. All right, no. I would I would put it at like 35. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean they played Florida. Um, at Florida earlier in the season, they lost forty-five to nothing. They're actually a pretty solid FCS team. They're seven and four overall. They were in the others receiving votes in the FCS rankings this week. Uh, they're six and two in the OVC, so they're tied for third in that league. Um, but I mean, they they got <laughs> they lost forty-five nothing against the only SEC team they played. They lost by two touchdowns to Southern Illinois. Lost to SEMO. Lost by two touchdowns to Austin P. Uh, they are two and four on the road this year. Um, so, you know, 
it does not add up to uh, it being anywhere close to a close game. Shouldn't be. Right. And that, you know, we talked right. about that yesterday. These the Kentucky players are aware that they've let pl- teams like this hang around before. Um, but I think the way Kentucky is constructed and the way um, UT Martin is constructed, it would be a big surprise to me if this was was close at all. Maybe it won't be thirty five, but I, I'm surely Kentucky can beat this team by four touchdowns. I mean, I would anticipate that Kentucky would come out, score on its opening possession, get a three and out, score on the next possession, and maybe score on the first three to four possessions of the game. Um, and then maybe throttle it back. Yeah, and then start uh, playing some other people and, and all that. Yeah, Yeah. well, we'll find out soon enough. But uh, we'll kind of set the stage on this one with some over-unders, uh, as we have all year. We're getting close to the last – Last one, just uh, just a couple more of those, but um, one that I think will be an, an in, maybe the most interesting over under to watch because I think it's actually certainly possible that they could go over. When I think when I said it to you before we started recording, you're like, okay, uh, and that is Lynn Bowden over under 150 passing yards, and I'll set the stage of this by saying, one, Lynn finally started to throw the ball in that last game, um, and had a little success with it. Um, I mean, it wasn't incredible, um, but it was his best passing game. He threw for, what, 120 yards? Um, 110. 110. Or 104, I'm sorry, 104. Okay. Oh, yeah, he ran for 110. Yeah. Um, so first 100-yard passing game. Right. Um, he's, had, he's had a 78-yard passing game against Arkansas uh, and 104 yards. Those are his two best games. Um, but the sort of the... The context for this is even within the OVC, UT Martin is not a very good pass defense. They're seventh in the OVC out of nine teams, allowing 240 passing yards a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and against Florida, Felipe Franks, he's pr- I would say a pretty marginal quarterback. Um, and against <laughs> yeah, and against um, I mean he can be great at times, but he's pretty hit or miss. Against UT Martin, he was 25 of 27. For 270 yards, and Florida's quarterbacks, three of them combined to go 30 of 36 for 312 and three touchdowns in that game. No interceptions. So I'm taking the over on Limbo 150. I think really, he, yeah, because I think this is the kind of team where they're going to be so overmatched that he could even throw some short passes. I could see him hitting one of those tight ends on a you know 15 a yard pass yeah. and it breaks loose. Um, and you know. I think going into the into the Louisville game, you want them to be thinking about the pass. And, you know, they tried to yeah. throw deep, what, two, three times in that last game. They didn't connect. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like from a strategic standpoint, they may come out and let him wing it around because I don't think there's a whole lot of risk in this game um, to doing that. So I just think he's going to have a couple plays that break big, whether they're long throws or just short throws that get – uh, turned into big gains. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna roll the dice on Lynn. Well, it definitely feels like it's trending that way as far as allowing him uh, to throw the ball more because uh, Eddie Grant said it this week that 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 gave him a little bit more confidence in the passing game. Uh, and I I think they understand to win a game like the one coming up against Louisville that they they do need to be able to possibly throw the ball ten to fifteen times and have some success and hit some of those and the best practice is in game situations. And this is really uh, the best chance, you know, the only chance they're going to get to do that. So I could definitely see them, you know, calling 10 to 12 to 13 
pass plays for Lynn Bowden in this game, especially if they are showing that they're just imposing their will in the running game and they can just kind of do what they want to do. Uh, I could definitely see them uh, using that strategy to give to give Lynn some more reps there and, and get a more feel for it and a little bit of rhythm in the passing game. But I, I'm, I'm taking the under. 150 seems like... It's a lot. I mean, it's, it seems it's, like it's, a lot, a, yeah. it's certainly the safer play to take the under. But uh, I wanted yeah. to have one that, that we could ha- that maybe have some di- difference of opinion on. Um, no. I, I'd like to see Lynn just have a game where he goes totally bonkers both ways because I just think it'd be it's a, you know, it's a cool part of his story. Um, we know he can run the ball. It'd be cool to see him have a day where he just really, like, lets it fly in the passing right. game. Yeah. Um, second one. Uh, and we were trying to remember if we we couldn't even remember what all over over unders were last week. So I think we had one like this last week. But we're going to say Kentucky sacks two and a half over under. And the context there is UT Martin is dead last in the Ohio Valley Conference, which is a football championship subdivision uh, league, not right. an, not an FBS league. Uh, they are dead last. They've allowed thirty two sacks in eleven games. Uh, mm. which is just shy of three per game, yeah. which is right. a lot. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to take the over on Kentucky, two and a half sacks. They had none last week, you told me, which is a, a little surprising against Vanderbilt. Yeah, I looked it up because I thought we did. I thought maybe we were. We said Calvin Taylor, two sacks. Yeah, I think that's I right. Remember. That's what it, I think it was individual, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I don't remember what I even said, but it doesn't matter because he, he – there nobody got any, but in this game, yes, with especially with Boogie Watson coming out and saying we want to dominate up front. Me and the leaders of the defense got together and talked about how we're going to dominate uh, this FCS opponent. So, yes, it seems like there's a little little edge about showing how big and bad this defense is. So I'm definitely going over on the sack total. Yeah, I mean they had they had four against Toledo to open the season, and this team's not as good as Toledo. Um, trying to think of just you know Arkansas not very good. They had three against Arkansas, Missouri. They had four against Missouri. I am I am very surprised they had none against Vanderbilt. But uh, yeah, I, I think they go over. Um, and then you know this this over under is kind of one with an eye to the future, and that is Chris Rodriguez over under a hundred rushing yards. Um, he ran 12 times for 81 yards against Tennessee two weeks ago and then 15 for 129 against Vanderbilt last week. That is 27 carries for 210 yards over the last two weeks for Chris Rodriguez. He has really been, I think, sort of the breakout story of the last couple weeks. Um, UT Martin's been pretty good. Um, and run defense in their own league, but I think there'll be no match for that Kentucky offensive line. And this this feels like a game to me where you let those young backs just eat, you know, pile up some stats. They've got a chance, by the way. Um, they have got a chance to. They've got Lynn's got 822, Rose got 619 yards, Smoke 494, and Rodriguez 341. They've got a chance to have an end the season with four guys over 500 yards rushing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know. All underclassmen, they could, they could all come back. We'll talk about Lynn in the last segment about that. I don't think he comes back, but you you know your your true running backs, all three of them could come back. Uh, and between them, they'd end up they're going to end up 
maybe close to 2,000 yards between those three running backs. And it'll be, I guess, the fourth consecutive season of 2,000 yards rushing as a team. Yeah, they're already. Oh, I mean, they're already over it as a team. Yeah. They're, they're at twenty three fourteen as a team. Mm. Uh, yeah. Let's see. The last year they had twenty, almost twenty six hundred. The year before that, twenty one hundred. The year before that, they ran for three thousand when Benny and Boom were together Boom. with JoJo. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's this will be the fourth consecutive year over two thousand. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Chris Rodriguez gets a hundred. That's that's maybe. We maybe should that, have set it higher. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. I, I mean, because of, of how high they are on him right now as well. They're, re- they're really high on him and how he's been playing. Eddie Grant is super complimentary of him. Um, I think A.J. Rose starts the game, and they're going to give him a little bit of love. Um, well, they already said he's starting the game, but I think they'll give him a little bit of love in that, you know, maybe the first two series. And then Rodriguez, I can see him breaking one. You know, having a couple of twenty-plus um, yard runs and and getting to a hundred, but it, they could also try to spread it out a little bit here. And if they don't have big long drives where you get four yards here and eight yards here and six yards here, and you got thirteen plays and eleven play drive and a ten play drive, then you're going to have to have uh, a few of those runs that are twenty-one, eleven. Uh, 33, uh, 27 yard, you know, to get to right. 100. So it'll have to be explosive because I, I don't think they're going to, I mean, they definitely are going to uh, move the ball around a little bit. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think any one guy is going to get 15 carries probably in this game. And who knows um, who's the fourth quarterback, you know, because I think in the fourth quarter maybe if this game's way out of hand, uh, they're not going to run out A.J. and, and Chris and Cavassier. Um, they might definitely see be Travis the game. Tisdale. Yeah, be the game to finally break out Travis Tisdale. I very much want to see his speed in action. And and Eddie Grant said it this week. Said I really would have liked to have seen him because Tisdale I think got two carries at the end of the Vandy game, and one was it got blown up immediately, like he had no chance in the backfield. And the second one there was a penalty, and it didn't go much else. But Grant said I really wanted to see him run one up in there and see yeah. what he's got. So. I think he, he's already excited thinking about the opportunity to do that uh, against UT Martin. Yeah, we, uh, I guess we've, we're going insanely long, so we should take uh, a break. We'll make our game predictions and then talk, talk a little basketball. Yeah, we'll talk some basketball next when Locked on Kentucky continues. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, so now it's time, Kyle, to pick – the score for this for this UT Martin Kentucky football game Saturday at three thirty. Uh, I'll I'll go first and go with um, gosh the way I think about it, I I believe Kentucky's going to be up uh, you know twenty eight three twenty eight nothing something like that around halftime, uh, and then maybe score th- two more times before they decide to let off the gas and then. The backups get in there and get a score. So, what is that? I'm going to go 49 to 10. Okay, I like it. I'm going to. I was going to say, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 38 or 41 to 10. I think 10 is the right number for UT Martin. For UT Just because I think they'll. You know, they've got a pretty good. Wanted to mention him, freshman quarterback John Backus the second. I think. 
Um, he's thrown for almost 2,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, eight interceptions, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, really a pretty good per- player. He played okay against uh, Florida, relatively speaking, uh, just his the second game ever. Um, so, you know, if he stays in the game uh, and they're playing the third string defense in the fourth quarter, they, they may get down there and get a touchdown. The other thing to watch, too, uh, it won't make a difference in the outcome, I don't think, but uh, UT Martin's got a guy named Terry Williams, uh, not to be confused with Terry Wilson. He's their second leading receiver. He's got 50 catches for 500 yards, but he's also averaging 17 yards a, point, a punt return and has run two back for touchdowns. Um, so they, you know, they could, get, they could yeah. get, they could get one there. Um, I think they'll get, they'll, they'll, whether it's garbage time or not, at some point they'll get a touchdown. So I'm, I'll say, I'm gonna say 41 to 10. I think. Well, this this particular week, I wish college football would do something about this, and like, I, I don't know how they would, but this oh, week because it's, week. Bef- yeah, it's yeah, because week. it's before the regular season finale, and especially in the SEC. Uh, where the Southeastern Conference has said, these are the guys, you, you need to play this game at the end of the season. So your rival, so the Iron Bowl. And the, so it just loads it up so there's a ton of those rivalry games Thanksgiving weekend, which is great, but uh, it would be nice to spread it out a little bit because this weekend it's Penn State, Ohio State at noon, and then it's trash the rest of the day. I mean, the, the primetime game is uh, Oregon, Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah, this is your this is your fall Saturday to actually spend time with your family. <laughs> you know, watch that Ohio right. State and I'm not sure Ohio State Penn State will even be close. Uh, yeah, it might not be. I mean, Ohio Ohio State is beating people by 42 a game. The yeah. margin is 42 a game. They're outgaining people by like 330 yards per game. Um anyway, it's so yeah, get out and spend some time with your family. <laughs> but but I just don't like who Ohio State's play just really quickly. Uh, They've played Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, Northwestern, Michigan State, Nebraska, Miami of Ohio, Indiana, Cincinnati, and FAU. Mm, okay, fine. That's pretty terrible. That's yeah, pretty so terrible. Yeah. I would like to see them against a Penn State who's going to be pumped because they know this is their shot to get back in a conversation. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably be the last time. Well, I guess they – I don't even know who they'd end up playing in the uh, – Big Ten championship game, probably somebody they've already beaten. Wisconsin, I guess. I don't know. I, I yeah, or yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't. I don't uh, follow that that division so much, like the winners and the the champions for life in the winners division or whatever <laughs> yeah. they call their. Yeah, I think they divisions. finally they finally got rid of that. Uh, <laughs> um, let me see. I'm gonna check here. Now it's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, it's oh yeah, it's uh, either Minnesota or Wisconsin would be who they face. Yeah, um, I Minnesota that. of course beats Penn State and then immediately uh, turns around and loses to uh, to Iowa. Yeah. So Minnesota's nine and one, six and one. Wisconsin's eight and two, five and two. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to basketball. Uh, Kentucky plays Mount St. Mary's uh, Friday night at seven o'clock, and uh, you know these two teams actually played once before. It's always interesting to see what the, the history is. And the time they played was in the first round of the 1995 NCAA tournament, and Kentucky won that game 113 to 67 at the Pyramid in Memphis. Oh, nice! Tony Delk had 20 points. Walter McCarty 
17 points and 11 rebounds. So there you go. There's your uh, Mount St. Mary nugget. They, By the way, Mount St. Mary played UAB, future UK opponent here in this little BBN showcase that they're calling it. Uh, and it was a, a tie game at 51 apiece. And then UAB hit a three with a buck 45 left. And then they went four of four at the free throw line in the final 30 seconds to finish it out. So it was tight there, but uh, Mount St. Mary's is now one and four. Yeah. And this should this shouldn't be like the others. <laughs> yeah, when we when we talk about the should should win games, this one this is pretty high on the list. Yeah, this should be a blowout. It should be a blowout, whether yeah. or not they do it. Yeah, there are not we'll a lot see, of guarantees it, with Kentucky right now, and 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 you know that's one of the big takeaways from today. Joel Justice stood in for Cal Perry at the presser, gave no updates on uh, EJ Montgomery or Emmanuel Quickly. Um, he said to ask Siri. Is what he said. Yeah, it was great. Is the Siri interrupted him during his interview? It was very funny. Um, <laughs> John Clay has that video up. Speaking of Johns and the competition, uh, John Hale had a story today, and I thought it was a good read um, on in the Courier Journal about um, you know we 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 all kind of wondered like is EJ getting pushed out of minutes because Nick and and Nate started off the season really well and he didn't. Uh, and now we've seen him play a couple times without EJ, and or three times, and you go, maybe they do miss EJ. Yeah. Uh, maybe EJ's a bigger deal than you know the stat sheet was telling us. Um, and I think that is true. Uh, you know, for one, they don't get torched with you know guys pulling Nate Sestino away from the basket and attacking him on on the perimeter. I just don't think you can do that to EJ as easily as you can against Nate. So, you know, if you got EJ back. Uh, I would think surely they'd roll. Or, or if you just had uh, Emmanuel back. I think as long as you have one of those two back um, for this Friday game, they will roll. And even without them, you better, you better roll. You should Yeah, roll. you better without them. But, it, yeah. but, it's, but it's just like, you know, seven guys is still a little tenuous because all it takes is one more guy to turn an ankle or one guy to get in foul trouble in five minutes. Uh, and you just kind of get in a really worrisome situation. But this is, this is another one of those games where they – try to make some strides toward establishing some kind of identity offensively, especially. Well, the thing about basketball is all it takes is one guy to go bonkers. And so, I mean, I don't know who Mount St. Mary's would have that could do that, but if somebody just, you know, goes crazy, then that's, that's always that. But, you know, John Calipari definitely thinks EJ uh, is absence has contributed to the last two losses. He brought it up and he goes, you guys, I mean, you guys in this room are the only ones that will write about it or say anything about it, but we played that game against Evansville without EJ. You know that, right? And, uh, and then he mentioned it again, uh, I think, after Utah Valley about missing EJ. So uh, that he may not have been playing um, you know, up to his potential and showing what people expect to see out of him early, but th- there's no doubt they miss him sorely and not just because he's another body out there. Yeah, uh, they they miss the talent that he is because he could be uh, a rim protector this season along with Nick. Yeah, for sure. And and to your to your question about who might go off for UAB, I guess it would be this kid Jalen, excuse me, uh, Jalen Gibbs, not for UAB for Mount St. Mary's. Uh, Jalen Gibbs had 19 uh, against Georgetown earlier in the year. They lost by 13. That's the thing. I mean, they haven't uh, they haven't just gotten run out of the building. Um, in, in these games, they lost by 13 at Georgetown. Georgetown beat Texas today, uh, tonight. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe that maybe a kid like uh, kid like 
Jalen Gibbs goes crazy. He hit three threes in the UAB game, so he'll probably hit eight against Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to, if you had to guess. Um, but no, I mean this is this is a game you probably ought to take care of business no matter who's on the floor. Yeah. All right, you ready to take another break and then come back with some Lynn Bowden stuff? Let's do it. All right, Locked on Kentucky continues. We'll talk about Lynn Bowden next. This is Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, back here for the final segment of Locked on Kentucky, the Friday edition. Uh, hope you have uh, had a wonderful week. And uh, Lynn Bowden has had uh, a wonderful last few weeks and. Uh, I saw someone pose the question on Twitter uh, to a few uh, sports writers about the possibility that Lynn Bowden might return for another season uh, because, and it, I believe it was Mets Cam, you know, Camfield who, who said it, because this, this crop of receivers who will be entering the NFL draft uh, is stacked. There's a lot of really good, talented receivers that will be entering the NFL draft making it harder for Bowden to maybe get picked where he would like to. And if he came back and had a monster season, he could, you know, maybe improve his draft stock quite a bit and, of course, his wallet at the same time. But I believe um, Lynn Bowden is just going to say, I'm not worried about anybody else. I know who I am and what I can do, so I'm going. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the problem, too, is, you know, he knows he's going to get drafted if he comes out. He's probably going to be... I don't know. First three or four rounds, he's gonna he's gonna be in a position where he gets to uh, some benefit of the doubt. They're not gonna. He's not a guy that's gonna get drafted and cut before camp, um, right? And he's got a family to take care of. He's got a son. Everybody knows that's a big part of his uh, story. Um, you know, so I, I I it would it's hard for me to to buy that he would come back. Um, but it is true about the you know the wide receiver group in this draft, you think about just, just the guys at Alabama and LSU within the SEC. Mm-hmm. Just like they each have three wide receivers that are, you know, first round worthy wide receivers. And then you've got the yeah. kid, uh, the kid that's at Oklahoma that's ridiculous. Um, CD Lamb. I mean, he's, right. he's unbelievable. Jerry Judy at Alabama, CD Lamb at Oklahoma. Uh, there's a kid at Clemson, T. Higgins, is just a monster. Uh, From Phoenix City, Alabama, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Henry Ruggs at Alabama. You know, all yeah. those guys, um, all of those guys at uh, at LSU. Colin Johnson at Texas. I mean, there's a bunch of really, really good wide receivers. And the other thing is, they're all a lot more prototypically sized than Lynn Bowden. Uh, KJ yes. Hill. I mean, KJ Hill at Ohio State. Uh, mm-hmm. The the list is very <laughs> the the list is very long. Um, and so that is the one consideration. How far down is he going to get pushed? Also because he spent the whole year not playing wide receiver, or most of yeah. the year. Right. Uh, that's what, you know, I guess that's kind of what we don't know. So, Yeah, it would be great if he could you know, do what they do. And, and I think that's what John Hale mentioned. Is it would be nice if you know, football could use the basketball model a little bit in letting them kind of get the feedback and find out where they might Mike would go, um, and then, and then be able to say, "Now nah, I'm going to come back," you know, to the, to give them that option that way. I mean, yeah. I know they still get feedback, but not to the extent that uh, basketball is allowed to be left out there hanging to see what happens. But uh, I mean, he 
there's I don't think there's any doubt that if he came back, barring injury, of course, with Terry Wilson, he would have a chance to improve the his earning potential, the amount of money he's going to make on that first contract. Well, I mean, imagine, uh, if he, imagine if he follows up a thousand-yard rushing season at quarterback with a thousand-yard receiving season, and, right. you know, has two or three punt return touchdowns. Uh, you know, at that yeah. point, you know, you say, "I'll take this guy in the first round." <laughs> you right. know, um, so I, I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a tough call, but I don't know that it'll be that tough of a call for Lynn. I just I just think with his family situation. You know, he wants to take care of his kid. He wants to take care of his mom who moved down here to help him. You know, yeah. In the story I wrote about him in the summer, she said, you know, I told him, you'll never have to worry about, you know, putting your son in daycare. I promise you that. And so she got yeah. her job relocated. She's a phlebotomist. Um, and she got her job relocated to Lexington so she could, you know, move here and take care of Lynn the uh, right. every day and, and let him be a college kid. So, um I think it's certainly on his mind and his heart to to get moving with a professional career as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I could I could sense that for sure. And the last thing on Lynn Bowden is this video that's out there on on Twitter that came out, and I don't I don't remember seeing this when seeing I thought I had seen most of his highlights from when he was in high school and all the amazing plays, and this one slipped by us, and now it is. Everywhere. I mean, Barstool has picked it up. Uh, Sports Illustrated has picked it up. It has blown up, and it is uh, – you should have seen it if you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't, just, you know, search Twitter. But, I mean, Lynn is in the back of the end zone, at the very back, go, to punt. Yes. And, and he drops the ball and picks it up and runs up to around the five-yard line looking like he's going to pass, and then he realizes he has nothing there, and he reverses to the other side of the field – Yes. Uh, avoiding, I don't know how many tackles. I didn't count how many tackles, but he not broke. Just the- uh, he avoided and broke several. I mean, he, people had their hands on him. He spun out of them. He uh, he ran people. over somebody. Well, and then at like the, at his own forty yard line, forty five yard line, he gets one of the most vicious blocks you'll ever see. Oh that yeah. Teammate comes in and cleans up the one guy that's got a chance at him. Right. I mean, honestly, I think Dick Gabriel. I think it was Dick that tweeted. But uh, someone did in the in this market. Like this might be the most electric play I've ever seen in high school football. I mean, it is. It really is unbelievable. Yeah. I have retweeted. I think everybody's retweeted. Sports Illustrated has it um, um, picked up on it and tweeted it out today. I mean, it it is insane. But then the another crazy thing that's happened just in the last like half hour. Uh, huddle, which is where this film was unearthed from, it all began because uh, there was a discussion, I think it involved Spencer, um, oh gosh, now I forgot his last name, um, every day sh- should be Saturday, Spencer Hall, uh, talking yeah. about, uh, you know, lo- loving stories about normal people playing in high school, have their stories of playing in high school against guys that went on to be superstars, you know, and how mismatched right. they were, and yeah. somebody posted, like, I, I face Lynn Bowden, and it was ridiculous. And uh, he was like, my, one of them, somebody said, like, my buddy was a coach, and they said they knew in film study on the second play this crazy punt return that he had or fake punt that he had. Uh, they knew that they were screwed. Uh, and so, and then he was like, oh, I found it, and, like, tweeted out a link to the whole Huddle video. It's, like, ten minutes long. Huddle is this host of uh, video highlights for high school kids. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's where this all came. And then tonight, the Huddle, official Huddle account, H-U-D-L, at Huddle, said, you thought that punt return was dope? Lynn Bowden's hoop highlights were even better. 
and he, <laughs> they they share all the this this highlight reel of him about thirty seconds, and he's just cooking people uh, off the dribble, banging in threes, and holding up his follow through. And then the crazy thing is driving to the hoop and just skying to dunk yeah. the basketball multiple times, like nasty dunks for a guy who's six feet tall. Uh, he's <laughs> He's just a ridiculous athlete. And so then he tweeted just all he tweeted was an emoji of a basketball, and Nick Richards retweets and replies to him one v one with the uh, little thinking emoji, and Bowden comes back date and time. I mean, yeah. he is he's he really is, he's really teasing people that want him to join the basketball team. Uh, yeah, but I he, don't think it's happening. But no, but. no. But the the kind of the kind of guy he is, the kind of confidence he has, the kind of attitude he has, the intelligence he has, uh, the just that sh- mental strength and the athleticism. I mean, he is. I mean, I know we just went through Josh Allen and a Benny Snell, and we've seen Randall Cobb, but gosh, Lynn Bowden may leave here as one of the top five of all time. I mean, it is just amazing yeah. what he's able to do and. When you put the whole package together. And Randall Cobb was just like that. I mean, Randall was super uh, smart and, and tough uh, and has the same body type. That's why you think of Randall Cobb a lot. But when Randall Cobb played quarterback, he was unable to do what Lynn Bowden is doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Everybody's been looking for the next Randall Cobb since Randall Cobb. I can't tell you how many uh, how many guys there were that were supposed to be him. You right. know, uh, Buki Cobbins, that's a, there's a blast in the past. A guy that I'm not sure ever did a single thing. Buki Cobbins, who I can remember, it was my first year covering the beat and they, talking to coaches who said they were, like, having to deal with the fact that nobody could understand what Buki was saying. Because <laughs> he was from Louisiana and he had right. a thick Louisiana accent. Um, right. Uh, Buki Cobbins. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and he's like kind of spoke in a whisper. Buki Cobbins was one. Uh, was it? Uh, gosh, what was his name? Daryl Collins? Was that his? Am I? Uh, what was his name? There's a kid that was. It's the, Co- uh, Collins, is it though? It's, uh, it's something Collins. Because um, I remember him. I can see his face. He was the kid uh, that um, early on in Stoops' time ended up in a trick play against Florida and wouldn't throw the ball. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, it's gonna kill me. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, <laughs> what is his name? Uh, Daryl Collins. Yeah, that was Darryl his name. Daryl Collins. Daryl Collins. Uh, he had dreadlocks. Is that right? I can't remember if he had dreadlocks or not. But okay. yeah, he was on that anyway. list. You know, we'd heard that about like Demarco, Demarco Robinson. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Daryl Collins. Even Clee Van Thomas. Yeah. He took on number eighteen. Yeah, Uh, I mean, EJ, people, this is way back under Joker, EJ Fields, because he was a guy who had played quarterback in high school, and then he was a receiver at Kentucky. Again, the the totally failed uh, Joker strategy of only ever recruiting guys who played quarterback in high school and then converting them to wide receiver when they got (laughs) here, which is not the the best strategy. But, uh, you know, for all this time, people have been looking for the next Randall Cobb, and, and I think you're right, quite frankly, Lynn Bowden is a better version of Randall Cobb, at least in terms of a guy playing quarterback. Maybe not a better overall player, but uh, you know, I don't know anybody will ever do it better moving from wide receiver to quarterback than Lynn has done it. No. All right, we've gone too long, as always. Uh, that's kind of how we do. 
I mean, we get rolling, and you just can't stop momentum. You can't yeah. just chop it off, you know. Yeah, you gotta fit. You gotta finish. You can't. Yeah, you can't rain right. bob at it. You gotta just. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta keep going. All right. So everyone, have a great weekend. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Remember to uh, you know listen and follow on Apple or Google Podcast. Uh, just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, tell your friends that you enjoy this, and uh, it's a great way. Uh, I want to add this. There, I looked just last night. Just happened to look at the the geo, the I forget what it's called, but the, basically the geographic location of where people listen to us. But they, you know, there's a little geo tracker, and just this year alone, uh, the number of countries is crazy. Germany is is up there. Is very high in the number of uh, people who listen to this podcast, but it—I oh. mean—it is truly worldwide. I'm talking multiple, multiple numbers of countries. Um, so that's kind of cool. Thank, yeah, shout out to everyone everywhere. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at d r i e f f e r, and Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore a t h. And tweet at us if you're listening abroad, and tell us where you're listening from. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll incorporate you into the show. All right, thanks again. Have a great weekend, everyone. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.